I have two character traits, which I think have been really helpful for me. And one is that I am unimaginably competitive, like unimaginably competitive and I'm obsessive. I have those two things. And when I was, um, I was very young um, and I was at school and it was just like most things, just a teacher. And I had a teacher there called uh, Mr. Thatcher. And he was just like, Tom is Scottish. It's quite a strong statement. He's like, Tom, what do you got to remember here, lad, is that hard work is a skill. (laughs) Yep. And you have to work at it. (laughs) And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll get better at working hard. And so I just threw, you know, just working hard through just like, you know, I wasn't very fast. So I just tried to get faster. You know, like I read books on like how to be better at sprinting. And then all of a sudden, like I'm getting better at it. Like I couldn't pass a rugby ball. And then I just, so I just sat in my garden, just practicing and practicing and kicking and practicing. And, you know, instead of taking my dog out when I was younger with a football, I took them out with a rugby ball and, you know, just kicking about, just practicing all the time and get obsessed with it. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it, just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow, and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast and startup advisor to global startup generator and early stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being your own boss, but trying to figure out your financials on your own isn't one of those things. Luckily, there's FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like you. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices, to organizing expenses, to managing online payments, and automate and simplifies them, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. FreshBooks has your back at tax time too. With a ton of reports to choose from, you'll know exactly where your business stands and you can easily hand the keys over to your accountant so they can take over when it's time to reconcile everything for the year. Try FreshBooks free for 30 days. No credit card is required. Just go to freshbooks.com forward slash just do it and get started today and get more time back to build a business that you love. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Screw It, Just Do It. My special guest today is Tom Ferry. Tom, who runs a startup called Stakester, where you're the founder and head coach. You're in the esports space. The business is, I believe, around two years old and grew from a two to fifty million dollar, uh, fifty million pound valuation during lockdown. You're also a fellow podcaster, host of the Back Yourself Show, and you've made one point three million dollars from a single LinkedIn post. That is all 100% real. But now I listen to those things, Alex. I'm like, mate, you're underselling me now. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, we need to big that up. We need to big that up. We'll do that during yeah. the course of this conversation. But, but before we dig into the, um, the LinkedIn post and, and the growth of your business, you say 
on your LinkedIn bio that you're you're naturally inept at everything. You're obsessed with the notion um, that through consistency, commitment, and continual learning, anyone, including I quote a loser like me, can achieve anything. You don't sound too much of a loser to me, Tom. Explain the bio. Okay, so all right, so I have. Um... I say this is a superpower, but people always think it sounds really fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> apologies, am I allowed to swear? Sorry, I do. Yeah. It's a habit. James, James okay. Hastel blew that out of the water on this show. I think good, good lad. Well. Hast, yeah. what, what hero? Good, I'm glad he did. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, so the, the, the reality of it is, is that I think it's a superpower because what happened to me when I was growing up, I had zero natural talent like zip for anything, like nothing at all. Like I couldn't... Uh, I couldn't kick a football yeah, without it going for a throw in or something if I was trying to yeah, s- score a penalty. You know, like I just had, I had no idea what I was doing for anything. And um, I want, I'm not naturally fast. Like I'm, I'm the most averagely built guy ever. I'm 74 kilos and 5'11". I couldn't be more, you know, medium. And um, I, and I, I got pretty, I'm pretty average intelligence, like, or if not like largely below, but like what I, because of that, and I have two character traits, which I think have been really helpful for me. And one is that I am unimaginably competitive, like un- unimaginably competitive and I'm obsessive. I have those two things. And okay. when I was, um, I was very young um, and I was at school and it was just a, like most things, just a teacher. And I had a teacher there called uh, Mr. Thatcher. And he was just like, Tom is Scottish. It's quite a strong statement. He's like, Tom, what do you got to remember here, lad, is that hard work is a skill. <laughs> yep. And you have to work at it. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll get better at working hard. And so I just threw, you know, just working hard through just like, you know, I wasn't very fast. So I just tried to get faster. You know, like I read books on like how to be better at sprinting. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm getting better at it. Like I couldn't pass a rugby ball. And then I just, so I just sat in my garden, just practicing and practicing and kicking and practicing. And, you know, instead of taking my dog out when I was younger with a football, I took them out with a rugby ball and, you know, just kicking about, just practicing all the time, getting obsessed with it. And then I started, you know, playing, yeah, for school. And I started playing, you know, for, yeah, for a local club. And then I started playing county and so on and so forth. You know, you just, you get better because you have that constant energy to work hard and same at school. Like I, you know, I'm not naturally good, but I worked hard and I got great grades. And so that, that thing really, really came to me. And I think when I started working, um, in, in, uh, uh, in like a professional existence, I would, I would turn up and I worked at a bank and they were like, I remember I'd sit down, I'd go into the room and you'd, you'd be like, you get a syndrome day one. You're like, oh, maybe I don't deserve to be here. All these people are so smart and they can actually add up and I can't. And then I would, but I just knew I was so competitive and I wanted to beat them at everything. Right. Yeah. And I was so obsessed with winning at everything. I knew I'd outwork them. And so, mm. yeah, classic, like, you know, um, toxic positivity here and hustle culture, but I believe yeah. in it. I believe mm. that. And, um, and my and I, I prove that time and time again. Like I, I'm not particularly, like I'm not in the VC club. Like I'm not the guy. Like when you go to like VCs and you meet the people who are there and the kind of people that are raising money and and you look at these people and you meet those other founders. Like I'm not like them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've raised a lot of money and people always say like, how did you, how did you do that? And I was like, well, I just worked fucking hard. 
yeah, yeah. I just grafted and I just put more time in than other people did. And, um, you know, t- yeah, people say you, you work hard, work smart. And I always say that's bollocks, mate. Do both. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so that's, that's my mentality. And I think with, uh, Stakester, you know, we're, we are the largest skill-based competition platform on the planet within two and a half years. We, we are the biggest now verbatim and in console that is there's a, there's some mobile people who are bigger, but in console and I've, I don't own a console. I don't play any video games. I knew nobody, literally nobody in the gaming space. Literally nobody. And then, and we're there now. I have no right to be here, but I just worked harder and got obsessed and then just found people who did know what they were doing. I was going to say, okay, so, that, so that's interesting as well then. And how does your, how does your competitiveness um, show itself in, in real life, for example, in, in your day-to-day life, I mean? How does that um, magnify itself? Yeah, so competitiveness is a really interesting uh, psychology, which I think people need to understand. People think that being competitive means that, you know, that, and that comes in different forms. You can just go into a room and like upstairs, we've got a pool table. And so every time there's any spare time, I will play challenge anyone in the office for a game of pool, okay? Right. And people think that because you're competitive, you're obsessed with winning, okay? It's not, that's not actually how it works. You become just obsessed with the competition because you know that's really where you test your skill at anything mm-hmm. is actually in competition. Um, and people upstairs laugh and they say, you know, Tom, you're not actually, you're a terrible winner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're the worst person when you win. You're so gloaty. Yeah. But you're not a bad loser. Yeah. And right. I was like, I actually love, I love that feeling. I don't mind losing because if when you lose it, you're thinking, right. Okay. This is what I did wrong. This is how I can get better. This, so that's the competition. Being competitive means you love competition. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're obsessed with winning. There's a difference. Got, yeah, so you just love to, you love to compete. I mean, I'm I'm the same as that. I have to say. Yeah, because it's how you test yourself. And people say like, mm. so people say, Tom, why do you love pitching to VCs? Because that is that's the sparring ground. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. It, you know, you're talking all the time with uh, people about your business and so, but there's nothing on the there's nothing on the line. And if there's nothing on the line, it's not a competition. Yeah. But when I'm in front of a VC, there's something on the line there. You know, I yeah. and that thing on the line is that is money. And so, or whether you're selling to, or if you're selling, if you're trying to get a partnership, that's when you're in the, the you know, you're in the sparring ground, you're in the battleground. And that for me is the, is, is, is the, the happiest place. And I think like people have it across the whole of our business as well in loads of different areas. Yeah. So I'm going on a bit here. So, but yes, I, uh, but I think it's the same. I think, I think founders need to really like embrace that sense of competition. If you're, your mindset should always be, I believe this, no matter who you are, no matter what level your business is, every time you sit down at your desk and you do anything, whether it be writing an email to your, you know, to, 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 to someone, you know, a co- maybe even internal email, whether it's, you know, you're doing your product workflow, whether you're doing a marketing campaign, you should always sit down with the mentality of being like, how do I make this the best in the world? Mm. How do I make this the best marketing campaign there's ever been for the amount of budget we have? Okay. How do I make this the best ever email that an investor's ever received? How do I make you know, all these things? You've got to keep asking yourself that question all the time. And then you, look, you're not going to be the best in the world the first time you do it. So it's mate, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But that mentality will make you think, okay, if I'm not the best in the world, how do I become the best in the world? And then, then okay. you will improve. And you may not become the best in the world, but I tell you, you will become, you'll become a fuckload better than everyone else that you know. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. If you set the bar that high, and interested to know, then going back to something you said previously, um, Tom, that you, you you don't belong to be in the in the space you're in. How did you actually found stakes to them? What led you to founding a startup in the esports space? <laughs> okay, so the, this is the true story, right? So I previously worked at an amazing startup called Quantexa, where I was one of the founding team, and uh, we had amazing growth and we were incredibly successful. Uh, but I'm really competitive. And I have self-belief and I believe holding heart, wholeheartedly that culture is everything in a business. And I'll explain that later. I'll come back to why that's so important later on. Um, but let's, but I, I left there and no one could understand. Like, why would you leave something that's so amazing? But I did. I left because I was unhappy. And if you're unhappy, don't do something. Okay? 100%. So I, I'm a big fan of martial arts and um, this is so ridiculous because I'm talking about jujitsu, but I'm not a jujitsu guy. I'm not. I'm okay, a stand-up okay. guy, right? Okay, but I'm I'm on the map and this is uh, verbatim what happened, okay? And anyone who's listened to me on another podcast will know this because it's the same story a million times. <laughs> this guy comes over, he's got a vest on, he's in the gym, We're, I'm on the mat, he's got his arms out, he's, he's, he's a beefy guy. And he walks over and goes, I recognize you, you're a win competition. Now, as you can tell, he's Russian, okay? And he says... And I'm like, and he's like, weird, I'm on the mat, but I'd won a competition. I'd won a little interclub thing, a little Muay Thai thing. Nothing, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I did. Thanks so much, mate. All the guys around me are like, shut up. Don't do that. Don't say that to Tommy. He's the worst guy to say that to. But he follows up with, but you look so weak. <laughs> and nice. I was like, I was like, all right, easy, Tiger. I don't even know you. <laughs> and then he says, he says to me, he goes, well, I'm about to whisper sometime. And I'm like, geez, this escalated really quickly. Yeah, you know, this guy, and he's a beefcake, and he looks that he's obviously super confident. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like in jiu-jitsu, you, you just tap, you're not gonna get hurt. Yeah. And um, so we go down, he says, uh, well, how about we do this for a uh, little bit of money? And I'm like, he sounds a little bit Italian now. He's maybe got, he's got, he's <laughs> he got a accent, I like him. He's, he's got a he's got complex ancestry. Um, but like <laughs> he comes in, he's like, I was like, all right, so 10 bucks down. Anyway, anyone who's listening who knows jiu-jitsu, knows a bit of jiu-jitsu, like. He's a big guy, so I just pull guard, and then I get him in a triangle, and he, and he taps out, basically, really quickly. And um, and he's like, you're chick, you're use your legs. And I'm like, shut up, mate. Give me my money, and fuck off. And anyway, so he's like, because I don't have no cash. I pay you next time. And I'm like, no, mate, you pay me fucking now, bro. Yeah, and he's like, but I'm like, yeah, I, I'll be honest, like, I'm probably slightly racially profiling now. I was like, yeah, but I'm, I, I, I'm not giving you my bank details. Yep. So I'm like, I don't know who you are. And so I start flicking through my phone, being like, there must be an app for this. I'm like, Alex, there's not an app. There's not an app for this. Boom. So I get really excited. And initially, my first instinct is like, I'm going to make an app where, where I can wrestle foreign people or local people for money and they can pay me up. I'll give you like, just, just so you know, Alex, it's a very small market there. Is there an app for that now? <laughs> no, there's not. And anyone who's making it, don't do it. I didn't make that. that but that was like my initial like few sentences of my idea. Now, at this point, like I'd been through the Microsoft Accelerator. I'd been through a PwC Accelerator in my previous start. So I kind of knew the formula a little bit um, mm-hmm. about how to start a business. And so I'm starting to find um, a, a, a market. And I believe in something called slither theory which is you find a slither of a gap in a huge market. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what you do. Right. And I was like, well, where's the biggest market for this? It's gaming. It's esports. How can I make this work in esports? I was like, but I'm not a gamer. I don't know what I'm doing. But then I like, so I noticed this thing. I just read a good friend of mine, a guy called um, Warwick Hill, who used to be the CEO of Microsoft Startups. 
And um, he's a Kiwi. And he's like, Dom, what do you, mate, what do you got to do is you got to write down all the things you're great at. And, and then, and then, and those are the things you got to, you, you got to use. I see he hasn't got a stutter, but um, I have. He has now. Do my work. <laughs> uh, he has now. He has now. And if he's listening, Warwick, I love you. And, um, and I said, so I go through it. And so I write down what are the things I'm really good at. Okay. Because like, I'm wearing my gaps and I'm like, I know nothing about gaming. Okay. But I'm very good at getting people excited. Okay. Right. So what am I going to do? So I go to my network and I'm like, I just need to find someone in gaming and get them really excited. I look mm. on LinkedIn. I've got nobody in gaming in my network, literally zero. But this one, this one girl who used to work for me called Monica, the hero that she is, she worked for EA Sports. Okay. Previously. Like, she must know someone. She yeah. must know someone. So I call her up and she's American. She does CrossFit. So she's an absolute dickhead. Okay. So she loved the idea of, so what? You can compete with people for money in video games. It's an amazing idea. Yep. You should meet my fiance. I'm like, oh God, not another connection for an ex. She's like, oh, why should I meet your fiance? And this is true. This is absolutely true. She says, he was the co-creator of Grand Theft Auto. The wow. biggest game of all fucking time. I get yeah. my phone out. I flick it through my phone. And I'm like, okay. What's he doing tomorrow night at six? And she's like, she's like, I'm like, why? She said, well, I'm looking at flights and I can be in New York tomorrow night at six. I love that. <laughs> so I love that. I literally, I literally hopped on a plane, flew over to New York. Um, Cause like, I was like, I've got to make this work. I've got to work mm. harder. I've got to go that extra mile. And I so get there, all in. <laughs> go all in and I meet him and he's English so obviously he's incredibly charming and sophisticated and smart and um, and he's like yeah do you know what Tom here's 35 reasons why this isn't going to work and I'm like really hey, yeah and then he goes but I'm in and I'm like fuck yeah oh wow and so that's literally how we started and um, the, the second thing is and, I, and this is really something I've become really passionate about and I talk about a lot is that stakes is very much a thought experiment for me in many ways because I, I speak to, I, I invest in startups. I meet a lot of startups. I meet, I read a lot of startup paraphernalia. I've got a podcast on startups. And, mm. and the, the thing that I really believe is that, so the word company literally means collection of people, right? Literally means that, right? Mm. And I believe that all a startup is, is just a, a group of high functioning athletes, okay? Working towards a unified goal. And if you, it, the most high-performing things in organizations in the world are our sports teams, okay? The most high-performance, okay? They, week in, week out, they have to be at their best, week in, week out. And that's not always the case when you have a job. You can have flows or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, if you're an athlete, week in, week out, you have to be the best you can possibly be. And if you're playing rugby or whatever, uh, it was my sport, like you might have a World Me Cup too. in the summer or you've got six, na- yeah, you've got six nations and then you've got like a World Cup or whatever. You've got Lions Tour. Like week in, week out, you have to be there. But those athletes, they can be playing any sport. Like mm-hmm. Owen Farrell, if you chuck, if Owen Farrell, he could have been a pro footballer. Yeah. You know, probably like, a boxer as well. Probably, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joe, yeah, so someone like Johnny May could have been a pro sprinter. Do you know what I mean? It's all those kind of things they could yeah. have done. Like, do you want to ever, like, Karen Dickey could have been a pro golfer. Like, they just have that mindset, okay? They could have done anything, but they happen to have chosen that and they work together for that goal. Yeah, yeah. So my mentality is I just hired the best people and then I treat them like athletes and I don't treat them like employees, okay? So I just focus on performance all the time. So things like if you said to someone, um, if you said to a uh, an athlete, right, okay, I want you to train 
for nine hours today. All right. And then I always go home, rest, and then come back and do nine hours tomorrow. Yeah. And I always do the same thing every single day. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what that athlete would do? Yeah. They would die and they would never compete ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what you do is you look at the whole thing. You look at like, hey, right, in the morning, I'm going to do this kind of performance because that's the mindset I'm in. I'm going to rest for a bit. I'm going to go and do this. Work plus rest equals success. I'm constantly going to review the things that I'm doing constantly and aim to do better. I'm going to give myself very specific goals about how I improve at each level of my game. I'm going to make my, you know, my 60 meters faster. I'm going to make my deadlift bigger. I'm going to make, you know, whatever it is, my passing a bit sharper. Like you work at all of those things. And I believe the same thing is the same mentality that you should have in, um, in your business. And I think you should have exactly the same attitude. And uh, yeah, that's what I do. So I just believe in making the best culture where people are happy and they work hardest. Interesting. So like myself, I've read you offer your employees the freedom to work whenever and wherever they like. But unlike me, at Stakester, it's mandatory to game for an hour per day. Um, and you offer ince- uh, incentives for um, to socialize and fitness trackers I read, you know, all sorts yeah, of things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love to hear about that. Tell us a little bit more about that, where that came from. Did you did you take that from somewhere that you'd seen that, or is that something that you've just developed over the previous startups that you had? So if you 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 you're a fan of rugby, like think or let's take um, like Leicester as an example, Leicester Football Club. Leicester didn't have the players to win the Premier League, mm. but they had the belief which made them perform. And we've all been in teams sometimes where you just sort of you really believe that you're gonna succeed. Yeah. And you really care about everyone around you. And as a result of that, you become successful. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, it makes you work at a different level than you were working out before. Yeah. Okay. Now with, with our guys here, I just look constantly like, how can I get these people to work together? And how can I make, how can I also, how can I try and make sure these people are healthy? Okay. Without being like, a bit too intrusive on their lives mm. and a bit too daddy, I guess. I don't really want to be that. So we just do tiny little things. So things like, okay, that we, we offer everyone in this company free coffee when they're in the office. Okay. But we don't have it in the office. Yeah. It's 200 steps away down the road. Okay. Ah, okay. Nice. Yeah. And you know, and yeah, the quickest way to get fired here, everyone knows is if you get a coffee for someone else. Yeah. You can't go, you can go together. Yeah, <laughs> you, can't take, you can't take, you can't get some else because the whole point is about right. steps. Yeah, and so they go and they get coffee and they walk out and they go to coffee. They go get some fresh air. They had to get them moving around. Their steps are going up. It's great. Mm. And then we put people into teams for competitions. So like, okay, so the team that are they've just won actually. So we do a year long competition. Whichever team has the highest average number of steps per month, I'm taking them away on holiday. Okay. Don't know where yet. So it's a bit of a secret, but we'll figure that out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we're taking them away on holiday as a team. I want to find ways that I can encourage competition with people as well. And so I was a bit like, well, you know, let's, let's drink our own Kool-Aid. We encourage competition. So people play on my app every single day. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a company. And at the same time, they're doing QA for me. Yeah. yeah they're checking yeah, the, yeah. they're checking the new games. We put new games on there. They're checking it out. They're thinking if it's working, they're finding bugs. They're sending it over to people. Mm-hmm. It's great. And as a result of that, I take that. Okay. And then I get people to play against you. They're always interacting. And so they're in teams, but then they play with other people within other teams and it's, you know, it's random. And so it's a great way to get people to interact with each other in a really healthy environment. And then the winner each month gets a pot of money. Yeah. Nice. And then they, so it's great. And it's like, so yeah, that's how we do it. So we're, we're, we're big on, like, we don't call them perks. We call them performance enhancers. 
like it because that equates to the athlete uh, exactly. model as well. Yeah, yeah. And then the work, work whatever you want thing. That's another thing. Like I, like people say that flexible working. I think if you're going to have flexible working, you've got to really go all in on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I say to you, right, okay, let's, um, we'll say, right, it's flexible working, but you have to be in the office three days a week. And you have to work between the hours of eight and six. Yeah. That's not flexible yeah. working. Yeah. So I said, well, let's just go full, full on. Office mm-hmm. is open every day. You can work seven days a week if you want. You can work whatever, two days a week if you want. Everything is goal orientated. Every week, here is your goals. These are agreed by you and your manager. Every single week, you have, this is what you need to achieve. And if that works, great. And our performance has improved. Yeah, we've, you know, because Mm. people, people, like, I am, I'm a, I'm off, I'm up at five in the morning. Yeah, but I go to bed early. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm that kind of guy. Other people are not like me. If I said to you, can you be in the office for eight o'clock in the morning? They'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's not their vibe. Some people are, I'm a huge extrovert. I like to be in the office every day and be around people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, it's good. It, I'm, I'm the same as you on that front. And I, I just think as, as long as you achieve the goal that we have set that week or goals, why would I want you just to sit around having to fill X amount of hours in the day? But so many people are locked into that mindset, you know, yeah. not having that freedom to choose. It just doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me at all. It just leads to unhappy workforce, surely. I, I I agree with you. Like, it's just not... How many times have you sat there at your old, you know, old jobs and sat at your desk and just been scrolling through BBC Sport? Yeah. Yeah. I never want to see that. Like, if you're in the office and you're not feeling motivated, go to the gym. Yeah. 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 Um, we do have a little hack here to get people to come into the office. If you do come in the office, you get free boxing lessons. <laughs> really? Okay. You do. You do. Yeah, yeah. That's just me being selfish because I like people being in the office. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what it works to get to the office and there being no one here? Yeah. yeah. You can be extrovert on your own. Everyone else yeah, is exactly. at home. Exactly. Um, and, and talking about um, when you mentioned Slither before, you know, filling that gap in the market. For, for you, is it is it between gambling and gaming, you know, allowing people to bet on the outcomes that, that they can control compared to those that they can't control? So, yeah, so there's two big things here. So one is that, right, okay, so... Uh, when I built the business, so just so this sounds bizarre, when you understand the concept of what we do, I think gambling is moronic. I hate it. I hate gambling. I think it's really bad mindset. Everything about it, I don't like. Um, I don't believe that there is any sense in putting some your uh, destiny in someone else's hands. I don't think that's something you should do. And But I do accept that it makes it so much more exciting. Right. You know, like I've been to, when you go to a game and you might win if Danny Care scores, you know, first or whatever. Like that's an amazing moment. Right. Yeah. But I don't think it's healthy. OK. Um, I don't think it's a healthy, a healthy behavior. So we want to try and find something that made that healthy. OK. And that's the principle. We, we are we're not a gambling company. We are a skill based competition company. So we only work with games of skill. OK. Yeah. And. As a result of that, what that means, but that you can only put money on yourself and you can only put money on yourself to win. Mm. Okay. So that, that for me is a really positive mindset because if you want to win more, get better. Okay. Get better at what yeah, you do, improve yeah. that skill, work harder. That's a positive thing to do. And so there was a market for that. But the biggest thing for us is there was a hugely underserved market. And that underserved market is the people who game, but do not identify as gamers. Mm. So, most of our audience, they'll play FIFA for 
two hours a day. That's the same as a gamer. Someone who identifies, you picture a gamer. Okay, that person, they play maybe two hours a day. All right, keep in mind, you two, three hours a day. And so these FIFA players. But the reason they're playing FIFA is for transcendence. Everyone plays games for transcendence, right? And a gamer typically does transcendence into a metaverse where they might be a zombie or a monster or something different. But the FIFA player, his transcendence is to become a professional footballer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. And so he doesn't identify at, or she doesn't identify as a, a gamer. They identify as a football fan. Mm. And the way they engage with their fandom is by playing the sport on yeah. FIFA. Whereas a gamer, they're a fan of the, the, the metaverse they're going into. Yeah. Okay. And that universe, that fictional world. And that's their transcendence, their method to get in there. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, it does. yeah. And so that's why, so that audience weren't, weren't catered for. Yeah, they weren't. People were trying to, yeah, the, the, the term esports doesn't make sense to these people. They're just like, no, it's just FIFA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah. And so that's the audience we went after because that's who I am. Yeah, that's who my guys upstairs are. Yeah. You know, um, and that's, yeah, we're sports fans who play games. Yeah. And when you look at hard work, and consistency and, and persistency and you look at the the industry that you're in um which is you know literally during the pandemic i guess gone kind of like hockey stick how much do you identify with that being like a perfect storm if you if you if you're working hard you're recruiting people who've got the skills that you haven't got and you're also you're getting that uplift from that in- industry you clearly to, to have gotten your, your valuation to have gone where i read it's gone you you clearly made yourself take advantage of that opportunity. You've been ready to leverage that opportunity. Would you say that's right deduction? Yes. Yeah, I think, um, look, any founder who is successful, and I wouldn't say we're successful yet. I think, yeah, um, yeah um, you have to define what your definition of success is, and that's probably something yeah, that people keep to themselves or whatever. But, like, I wouldn't yeah. say we're successful yet. I'd say we're on the path to being successful. And we are... But you have to you have to accept that a large portion of that is luck. Um, but I think it's uh, I think was it Theodore Roosevelt who said, um, "The harder I work, the luckier I become." Mm. And I think like you have to you know you have to be that person who is you know um, optimizing for serendipity. So you meet a lot of people. So you might meet the right people. You you, know, you see an opportunity, but you make yourself available for that opportunity because it's not going to come to you. You know if you just do nothing. But when it does come, you've got to be ready for it. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we just made ourselves ready. Like, you know, we didn't, we weren't born in the pandemic. Um, but luckily when the pandemic came, we worked quicker because we knew there was an opportunity. Yeah. And so that's, that's what you have to do. You have to just, yeah, you have to fire up and go hard. Yeah. Mm. And so that's what, that's what we did. Yeah. And how long did it take you to, to get like product market fit as well? Well, that's an interesting question. So it's so funny, like, Product market fit is like this this holy grail that you talk about all the time when you're a you're um you're you're a founder and um yeah VCs oh god they over theorize it and they're like founder mm-hmm. market fit founder something fit whatever it is and there's always a new something fit but ultimately product market fit I say is that when you get to the point where you know how much you can put in in order to get so much out all right I put I spend this much money I get this much as a result that's product market fit right mm-hmm. and I am. Um, you never know when it's going to come. You're working towards it all the time, but you never know. And then it pops up and you're like, oh, I've got a real business now. <laughs> like, 
this experiment, this experiment is now a real thing. This is a real business. This is a, you give me X million dollars, I will give you this million in, in return. And there are, I would say that you can sum up a startup in three sentences, the stages of a startup. This is my hypothesis. This is how I'm proving my hypothesis. This is how it works at scale. Okay. And so that's pre-seed seed and series A. Okay. And most people get series A and they're like, oh, I've got these numbers. They're pretty good. I've sort of a bit of an experiment. And then I'm going, but I think true series A is like, I, I know now I just need fuel. And it yeah. just cropped up on us just recently. Cropped up on us in, Jan- in January. Just sat there. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, guys, are we just, are these numbers right? <laughs> like, we haven't spent enough money <laughs> to get this many customers. These customers are sticking around for a lot longer than they normally do. You know, it's like, mm. and we're like, guys, it, like, it's happened. We've hit critical mass. We've hit the, you know, those things that you talk about and you theorize, and you're always wrong about when it's going to happen. Yeah, both are too early for some things, too late for others. Mm. But my advice for those founders is just, just keep iterating and keep fucking going. Yeah. yeah. Cause you'll get there. Yeah. As long as you have that mindset of um, just, you know, yeah, you, you just learn. Yeah. Like I said, consistency, commitment and constant, con- consistent learning. And, and what was the, the number you mentioned before that we were speaking offline that you, you just hit as well? We just hit a hundred thousand active users. hundred thousand. Wow. Yeah. Which is That's pretty huge. cool yeah, well, it's good. Yeah. People, people are a bit like, is that a huge number? Well, 100% of our customers are monetized. Um, yeah. So that's, that is a big number, right? Yeah, so everyone, everyone pays to use our products mm. uh, because of the nature of what it is. And so that, that is a big number. Um, and so, yeah, we're, uh, we're super proud of that. And the, it, it, just rewinding a little bit, the, I've forgotten the guy's name. Was it Warwick? The, the guy, um, he was at Grand Theft Auto. Is he like co-founder of the business? Is he still with the business? It's, it's Gary. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Gary, Gary's, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're a classic founder and co-founder model. Um, so I was the founder and I was that sat there in the coffee shop for three months, just trying to figure out how the hell I'm going to build this. And then you start putting together your Avengers and bringing them together. Um, yeah. yeah, but he, yeah, he's still with the business. He's my, he's my guy. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, uh, incredibly wise and 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 wonderful you know he's not a ceo he's a classic cto you know yeah. because that the great thing about being a cto i always think is that you can just complain about everything but not have a solution <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's something i wanted to ask you as well so we launched a podcast for, for three guys called happy to health recently first company that's offering a personal training qualification with a mental health qualification um how closely related do you think being mentally and physically healthy is in a business? It's the same thing. Same thing. It's, physical health and mental health are the same thing for me. Yeah, okay. like there's, there's no point having a healthy body if your brain doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, yeah, like, yeah. And, and your brain will work better if you've got a healthy body. Like they're the same thing, just health. Okay. Mm. And you have to focus on it all the time. Yeah. And um, I also think like the, people talk about having good mental health or good physical health. I, I think it's a spectrum and I don't think there's, you know, and I think you have to, con- and it's a continuum. You have to keep working all the time. You have to keep improving it all the time. And it's not, and it's like anything. If you, you don't get to a threshold of mental health and then it's like, Oh, I'm there now. Yep. It's the yeah, same. Yeah, like yeah. you might, you might get to the point where you can run, you know, I like running and you know, you get to the point you're like, oh, I've got, you know, uh, a 40 minute 10 K. Yeah. This is fast. But it's like, that but fun. if you, that's all right. Um, <laughs> but if you get, but once you, but if you get there, and it's 
and you stop, you, you're, you're not, you're not going to carry on. And that's it. You know, so you have to keep going. You have to keep training to maintain that. And it's the same for mental health. And the truth is, if your physical health and your mental health and just health in general is good, you will perform better at work. Yeah, agree. And everyone in your business, it matters. You as a founder, as a CEO, it is your responsibility in part to make sure everyone is at their optimum, both physical and mentally, physically and mentally. What's, um, what, what's your favorite distance for running, by the way? Um, well, currently working towards trying to do a uh, 15K hour. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's what I'm trying to get to. Um, so, sorry, I'm, just, I'm actually running out of battery here. So you have to edit the sound. I'm so sorry. That's all right. <laughs> um, but but um, luckily, um, one of my colleagues has come to save hey. me. Um, but yeah, uh, she's a hero. Um, if you, um, so yeah, I'm, trying to, I'm working towards 15K hour. Okay. I just, yeah. I, I just did um, my last goal, which I wanted to do by the end of January, was a 20K on the tank training grounds here down at the tank museum. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah, that, that, that was hard. It's like the second did, hardest thing I've done after a marathon. Yeah. So you, did, sure. so you did 20, you did 20 K on it. Yeah. Did 20 K on it. Yeah. And it was just no, like the, the water good, up good to waste. Um, <laughs> I wanted to do it in, I wanted to do it in, um, I wanted to do it in, uh, in under an hour. Um, which is 20 K in under an hour. Sorry, uh, 20k in under two hours. <laughs> wow! <laughs> no, because you're going up, you're going, you're going into water like up to your waist, yeah. and it's like after you've done that, it's like, oh my god, I've got another 10k to go now, and I can't feel anything below the waist. Yeah, yeah. in legs, you know. But uh, yeah, thoroughly yeah. recommend it if you're looking for for challenges. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I'm fan. Yeah, just uh, I'm currently at um, uh, 49.6k. Oh, yeah. So sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. For, I'm, at, I'm at, sorry, I'm at fourteen point nine. Sorry, fourteen point nine k in an hour. So I'm a hundred meters off. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm just, uh, I'm so close. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's like anything. Like you just give yourself a go and just work hard, and you'll get there, right? You know, and it's always exactly. there's so much more to it than you you expect because running five k in twenty minutes is achievable. Running ten k in fourteen minutes is achievable. Doing them back to back is a little bit harder. Yeah. 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 I've got, I've yeah. got down. That, that's my goal. I've, I've got it down to. 2044 for the 5k and that's my goal for this year is to get it down we've got to race alex you're just you're talking big game here mate we've got to race my friend awesome um so yeah just just to finish up um a couple of things um do you feel you might be feel that you're building both do you feel you're building a business do you feel you're building a brand um Your CTO might give a different answer, but mm, I, I, I mean, truth. I don't really un, I know if I can make a because I don't think there's any point in having a brand if you don't have a business. I don't think there's any point in having a business if you haven't got a brand. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like they're both as important as each other. Um, one thing I will say is that the one area that every founder forgets about is that you know, we talk about moats all the time. Yeah, you talk about like, you know, um, what's, yeah, might have a technology moat. And I'm like, you're an idiot if you think that. Like the truth is like, you're only two months ahead of your competitors because there's someone smarter than you who started two months, but you've just built it and you've got two months head start. And then, then yeah. now the fact that you've shipped it means that you've got, that's a disadvantage. Okay. Because now you have to commit to that and give that to your customers. And all the time that's with your customers, they're developing something new, which is faster and better than you. Okay. It, the best one in the world, you might get two years. Yeah, in terms of technology, you might get two years. So technology is never a good moat to have. Secondly, people talk about like, um, yeah, like oh, ultimately the only moat, the and size, size isn't a particularly good moat either. Okay, because 
yeah, that, that's why people turn up and you think you're so big, you can't be beaten. And that's why Nike turned up. That's why Gymshark turned up. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm. Size isn't, again, that's not a very good moat, okay? What is an amazing moat? And also, by the way, historically, yeah, don't, if you were in a castle and you had a moat, yeah, you were fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's not enough, mate. You need more than that. You see that they've all got cannons and bows and arrows <laughs> yeah. to deal with people as well. And boiling oil. It's not just the moats. Um, <laughs> the, um, the best moat you can have is brand and customers mm. that love you. That's the, that's the most powerful moat you can have. Yo, Coca-Cola is not the best tasting sugary drink in the world, but it's the most drunk in the world. Mm. Yeah, because it has the most powerful brand. McDonald's is not... Yeah, the best, uh, it's, it's not the best burger on the high street, but it's the busiest because yeah. people love the brand. Mm. So you have to be aware of the fact that the brand, I believe, is just so powerful all the time and people forget it. Now, it's not the only thing, okay? But if you build a great brand, people will love you. And if people love you, they'll stay with you. Okay, yeah. brand and service. Okay, and people say the real hack for growth is actually retention. Mm. Yeah, and brands are a really good way to do that. Yeah, yeah. Nice, uh, really great analogies. Um, appreciate that. And um, just to finish up, there maybe two questions. You, what, what's the end game for for Stakester at the moment? Um, it's not like you know, it's levels. There's levels to the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like you know, that. when I first started, I wanted to hire one person. Yeah, and then when I hired a person, I wanted to win a customer. Then I wanted to win a thousand customers. Then I wanted a pool table in my office, and then I wanted to have ten employees. <laughs> And then I wanted to open an office in another country. You know, there's levels. There's levels yeah. all the time, you know? Um, and I think, yeah, that's it. And you, but I think like when people build these the very lofty goals and they're like, oh, I want to sell for a squillion pounds or whatever. Like it's too far. I can't think in that mentality. I need to set myself small goals. And every time I hit one, I realize what the next one's going to be. Yeah. You're like, it's like with, with running. Like you don't set out and say like, if you go out and say, I want to run a marathon, that's fine. Yeah start off trying to go for running 5k then go for 10 then go for 15 then go for 20 then go for the marathon do you know what i mean it's that you know Mm. because you might not like running a marathon and be honest with you mate it's boring as fuck yeah marathon marathon training is shit don't do it the training's the worst isn't it absolutely yeah and also like you feel rubbish no one feels good uh, physically the people say i'm gonna get ripped so you know you weirdly you get fatter i always think when you run a marathon yeah because you have to eat so much to get rid of the get the calories back <laughs> all the carbs it's like, yeah yeah exactly yeah i just but, but then so don't give yourself those cards do it bit figure out where where the journey is where's the reward where are you happiest um yeah i mean i do want to make 30 millionaires in my business i'd quite like to do that yeah that that, that would be nice yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um I can't finish without asking you about the one of your podcast episodes where you, you mentioned how you made uh, $1.3 million from a single LinkedIn post. So <laughs> I, kn- I know you got to go soon, but yeah, we'd love an answer on that. It's a, it's a true story. It's a true, okay, story, true story, and it absolutely is. And um, okay, so concept, I want to raise some money. Um, the truth is you, you have to, at certain stages of your business, you're going to have to ask for money. Okay, but you are always more powerful when someone asks you. Okay, and your biggest challenge is just getting noticed. So I was like, how can I get noticed? What do people really care about when it comes to like investments and startups? And the truth is they just want to be on a ride that's going really fast. They talk about rocket ships. They just want to be on the ship. That's what people want. So 
it wasn't like I just did one post. I prepared for this for about three weeks. Okay. So we'd had a really amazing trajectory in terms of our growth over the past period. And so we had a really, the numbers meant nothing. It was the shape. I'd looked through LinkedIn and see loads of people posting cool shapes, these like L shape, these reverse L's where they just spike up. I was like, okay, that's what we've got. I'm going to show it. Okay. The metric, who cares? Yeah. It was actually user growth for us, but like, it doesn't really matter as long as it's not debt. It's just, it's just something where you want to show some great growth. <laughs> and I thought, who do I want to see that? So I spent, yeah, three weeks connecting with every single VC and investor in the universe that I wanted to go with me. And then I thought about LinkedIn and the truth is with LinkedIn, like you get prime real estate and I talk about this all the time is the first line and the picture. First line mm. and the picture. People read the first line and the picture. So I was just like, I could be like, oh, I'm so happy that I've got to this. Shut up. Yeah, put some character in it. So mine was like, you know, I put two big um, sirens, a big huge brag warning. I'm amazing. <laughs> like, and then people clicked on it. And then I tagged in it all of my investors, all of my friends who are in the investment community to say thank you. But then, then because they obviously were going to like it. They were going to mm-hmm. be like, tick. Like yeah. it goes on that network, it goes on my network, it goes everywhere. Mm. And so everyone sees it and they're saying, congratulations. And they're commenting on it. And I phone up some people and say, look, mate, can you just comment on it? Just say, yeah. yeah, this is fucking awesome. Can you just put an emoji of a rocket ship for me? You know, those kind of things. And they did it. And can I ask them? And lo and behold, in came some emails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tommy, you're raising right now. Yeah. And a couple of phone calls later, million pounds in the bank. <laughs> wow. And it was yep. it, was it somebody who was connected to you or was no? It they some- weren't. They weren't no. secondary connection. Yeah, it came wow. from network. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I've actually this method of this method I've given to other people, and they've done had the same thing happen. Have they? Yeah. Get noticed for good things. Mm. Love it. Yeah. Well, look, um, really appreciate you taking the time out again um, to, to spend some time with us today and share what you're up to with our audience. If you'd like to learn how to launch and grow your own number one rated podcast like this with zero experience, zero knowledge, and zero tech skills, come and join me at ultimatepodcastmastery.com where I've just launched for a limited number of people brand new podcast membership course. So you'll get access to my ultimate podcast mastery membership course. You'll get my digital workbook, my progress sheet, my launch checklist, and all the nitty gritty cheat sheets, templates, and scripts, the podpreneur way. You'll also get weekly live Q&A with me, exclusive WhatsApp group chat, and entry to my private Facebook group, as well as access to all my past interviews and trainings with special guests as well. This is available for a limited time for a limited number of people. So once it's gone, it's gone. But if you'd like to learn how to do exactly what I'm doing now, then I'll show you how. Head on over to ultimatepodcastmastery.com. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. 
You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it, just do it hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Alongside the Screw It Just Do It Facebook page, this houses the Screw It Just Do It community and has the most up-to-date information on all things Screw It Just Do It, including all of our live events. I love hearing from you if you either message me on LinkedIn or email alex at screwitjustdoit.org. I promise to reply. Just give me a little time. Thank you.